Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Davey Hudson, alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and we appreciate you joining us here today. Denard, on today's show, we're going to be doing a 2020 Titan season in review. Unfortunately, the last time you and I spoke together, we were talking about the Titans' wildcard loss to the Ravens, which unfortunately ended the season a lot earlier than Titans fans were, were hoping for. And it's, uh, it's one of those that it's hard to swallow at times, but it's part of the game. And hopefully this is a moment that the Titans will be able to look back on and move forward and, and get to a better step in the playoffs next, next season. So, I mean, I hate always saying, yeah, we'll just wait till next year, but that's, I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now. That's, that's all we kind of have whenever it comes to games, but Denard, to get us going, man, how's your, your week starting off for you? Man, it's starting off great. You know, it's a beautiful Tuesday. It's not too cold. Uh, perfect time of the year. So, you know, again, the Titans are out of the playoff. But look at, look at the bright side. You know what? Great season. They finished up 11, well, 11 and 6. They won the AFC South. So, you know what? I'm pretty excited about what's to come in the future. And that's why you kind of see a little bit of Kind of, I got a little pep in my step today, and also I got a. I'm really encouraged about what's to come in the future for this team. Well, I'm glad to hear it, man. I'm looking forward to kind of in our next shows, kind of talking about that because there's definitely some bright spots that this team has moving forward, and we can definitely get into that discussion. Also, talk about what they need to do to improve. But right now, Denard, the Super Bowl is right around the corner. And if you're looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, BetOnline.ag is the best and only place to log it in. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert, and we appreciate BetOnline being the presenting sponsor of Believe in Titans. And before we get going with the rest of the show, time of the week where I ask, do you believe? And Denard, I'm I'm going to give you the option. I, I I'm curious to see where you take this, but would you rather talk about your favorite moment from the season in review first, or your least favorite? How do, how do you kind of want to go with this? Well, you know what? I mean, I really don't have anything negative like a worst moment other than a COVID situation. But my favorite moment, let's just start with that something kind of positive. And for me. Listen, this is was this was a team in night what was it night almost went nineteen, but two thousand nineteen they went nine and seven and they barely got in. You know, they went on that late run in the season and they just got hot. And we know what happened going up to New England last year, beating the Patriots, dethroning them, and all of a sudden they go to Baltimore, beat them guys pretty convincingly, and then they turn around and gave the Chiefs all they can handle. So I look at this year and they basically build off of last year. And that's what you want to see as a GM and John Robertson and as a head coach in Mike Vrabel. They went 11 and 5 in the regular season. They won the AFC South. They finished up 11 and 6. They hosted a playoff game. It's been a long time since Titans fans, they've, you know, gotten a chance to see their team in the playoffs. It's been a while. Was it 12 years? You know, something like that. About 12 years, 12, 13 years. About 10. Yeah. In 2017, we got a bid. Yeah. But you know what? To see that 
as a fan and, and as a former player, you know what that's is telling me that this team is they're on the rise. You know, this team is on the move. I think they're making some uh, they made some key moves. Of course, some didn't work out with Jadavion Clown and we thought uh, early on uh, when we started our podcast that he was going to be the difference maker in getting this team over the edge, but that didn't happen. But we did see a, a young man by the name of Derek Roberson step up and play lights out this year. So that's positive. And so many young guys, Dan Quisenberry, uh, we saw uh, Cam Baston, guys that we were not even talking about uh, earlier in the year. And we saw these guys being a difference maker. So if I'm a fan and if I'm working in the front office, I'm basically smiling saying, listen, the future is bright for this organization and this team. And I'm just excited, man. I'm not as a, as a, just a former player, but as a fan, I'm telling you this, John Robertson, uh, the Adams family and Mike Vrabel, they got this organization going in the right direction. I'm with you as far as how the future is kind of looking. I mean, I am interested. I mean, those three people you mentioned are kind of the the figurehead as far as leading the Titans into the future. And they'll definitely have some decisions to make this offseason whenever it comes to maybe having to go out and get a new OC. In my opinion, they should go get a defensive coordinator as well. So uh, that's uh, that's something we can definitely look at as far as potential candidates down that road. And I mean, Arthur Smith has been interviewing with teams so far. And, you know, I personally, I would love to have him back for another year and we'll see what happens on that front. But it's uh, if if we do happen to lose Arthur, I do appreciate getting to watch this offense over the last couple of years and how they've developed because it's been a while since the Titans have had a very prolific offense. I mean, you, you really do have to go back to the Days Denard when you were playing with Steve and Eddie and getting to watch that much firepower because it's it's not been like that in Tennessee for most of the two thousands and that's to put it lightly. I know you had Chris Johnson, but you didn't you didn't have a whole lot of passing attack to go along with him. So to have the run game complement the passing game this season was a real fun sight to watch. And I guess if I had to go into my favorite moment from this season. I would I would definitely say the 5-0 and start yeah. just because of how, one, you didn't know exactly how things were going to kick off. And granted, we did have the, the COVID situation, but the way the Bills, they'd kind of, they'd been doing really well. And that game happens on a Tuesday, but you just, you had the national media kind of coming down. And you're like, oh, the Titans, COVID this, COVID that. And we're like, guys, like it's a, a disease we're in a pandemic like these things were going to happen quit pointing the finger and the titans came out and just absolutely blasted them 42 to 16 and it was it was great to get to see that happen one in prime time and just the team really rally together and then the following week man you came back and you you know you you kind of struggled defensively but you put up some numbers on that Texans defense. Now they weren't that good, but that was just a fun game where you won 42 to 36 in overtime. Just exciting. And that's, as an NFL fan, that's what you want as a Titans fan. You just want to see exciting games and your team come out on top. And the Titans, I mean, their first four games, or four of their first five games, really came down to single possessions, and they they managed to win every single one that was whenever they got put in that situation. So that was probably my favorite moment, just to see a team really get going from the start where you hadn't had a lot, I guess, for 2020 up into that point to really kind of hang your hat on, just in general for however you want to look at it across 
the country. I'm not just speaking in football, but as a football fan of the Titans, and then that happening, that was just a lot of fun to see. Yeah, it, it was awesome. And let me just say this, D. You know, I was thinking earlier today, I, I, you know, I'm from Dallas, born and raised. And when you're born in Dallas, uh, one thing that is ingrained or instilled in you is you have to love the Cowboys. You don't have much of a choice. <laughs> from the time you're a kid, you know, we were like our parents dress us in like, especially when I was a kid. I mean, like Tony Dorsett, you get the 33, you get the little plastic helmet or Roger Staubach, or Randy White, Ed Tuttle Jones. And I was just thinking earlier, as I got older, I remember uh, in 1988, Dallas drafted Michael Irvin out of the U, and the Cowboys was really terrible. I mean, they just, they were literally giving tickets away for people to go out to Texas Stadium to watch them play. They were so bad. And they were, it was like a changing of the guard because we started to see guys like Randy White, uh, the man child, they used to call him because he was so good. He played about 15 seasons, but the, those older Cowboys were getting old. So they had to make a change and they brought in a new coach, of course, the man, Jimmy Johnson out of the U and he drafted his boy, Michael Irvin. And so in 1988, we, 1988, we got Michael Irvin. So it was like a huge, like the city was like, okay, we got the playmaker. And all of a sudden in 1989, we draft this this great quarterback out of Henrietta, Oklahoma, by the way, of uh, UCLA, by the name of uh, Troy Aikman. I think you probably know who that is. He's only a Hall of Famer, like the playmaker, Michael Irvin. And then in 1990, we drafted uh, some kid out of Florida by the name of Emmitt Smith. You probably heard of him. He's the all-time leading Russian in NFL history. Then I kept thinking about this Titan team. I said, what's the correlation between the two? Then I thought about it, and I said, think about this. We got this young man from Miami, by the way, of Texas A&M, by the name of Ryan Tannehill. We saw, we have basically witnessed a remergence, just a, a guy that has taken off. And even in his 30s, his early 30s, he's playing the best ball right now that he's ever played uh, in almost 10 years in the National Football League. We got in our playmaker, Michael Irvin, we got a young man named A.J. Brown out of where? Mississippi, Ole Miss. I like to say, first of all, I'm proud of the people in Mississippi. Uh, you know, they've changed that flag. And, and basically, I just want to salute the state of Mississippi for basically going forward for all of your citizens. You should be commended. God bless you. And also in our Emma Smith, we got another SEC guy. His name is Derrick Henry. You see the correlation between the two? And then I kept thinking about this. It took them a while. You know, they were not that good to begin with. When Jimmy first got there in Dallas, they were very uh, abysmal, <laughs> deplorable. <laughs> they were not too good. Then they got, then they made the playoffs the following year, but they got blown out by Detroit. I remember that game as a kid. But guess what, Davey? When they got hot, they got hot. They end up winning, winning the Super Bowl in 93, 94, and 96. And let me tell you something. If we keep these three guys together right here, Tannehill, Brown, and Henry, and we continue to watch this line develop. You know, we're going to get Taylor LeJuan back next year. And we watch these young players like Jeffrey Simmons and Daquan and Crawford and Roberson grow up and get better. Woo! I'm telling you something, Tennessee Titan fans. You got a heck of a team that's not only coming back next year, but you got a team that in the future, this team is prime and ready to take that next step. I know 
you're a little disappointed now, but you got to look at John Robertson and say, you know what? You put a heck of a roster together and we got some young players. I mean, some young guns, some young dogs, I like to call them fresh and ready. And this is a team to be reckoned with uh, in the near future. So again, a lot of positive upside. I'm just excited to see what the future holds for this organization. Denard kind of talking about John Robinson there. And yeah, I, I do agree. He's assembled a very good coaching staff and roster for Mike Vrabel to work with. We've kind of, we've talked about it some, but this past year, the draft did not go well for him. His free agent acquisitions did not go well for him. So he's definitely needing a, a bounce back off season is probably a nice way to put it. When you do look at this current roster, who would you say is the guy you really need to see take a step forward next season? Oh, that's easy. You know, and I'm going to call him out right now. I mean, the thing about me as a player, and he was very high. You you were very high on this guy at the University of Georgia. You know who I'm going to, you know where I'm going to go with this, right? But I, I'm going to say the name. Isaiah Wilson. I was not high on him. I said he was a project <laughs> player from the beginning. <laughs> don't be hating. Don't you start that hate now. Denard, I don't know if the guy ever plays a snap for us. I, I literally don't think this guy's ever going to play a snap for the Titans. That's that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, you know what? He's young. And when you're young and you're that talented, they'll give you some leeway just a little bit. You know, we, we saw what what happened with Dwayne Haskins, oh, right? Yeah, that's a good, okay. good analogy. So if I'm Isaiah Wilson right now, and I'm the Tennessee Titans, I would say he's on a very thin rope. And when they draft you in, you know, in the first round, that's an organization that they're, they're saying to you that you are the future, whether, whether it, whatever, uh, excuse me, if it's at guard or tackle, you have the potential to play here for a long time. That's why we drafted you so high. And I'm going to get him all the help that he needs to get going. But at some point, he has to take it up on himself if he wants to be great or if he wants to live in regret. And I will tell him, as a former player, I know a lot of guys, Jamarcus Russell, look at Dwayne Haskins, and the list goes on and on. Those are just a few that had so much potential, but we would never know how good they could have been. These guys could have been Hall of Famers. I, I remember when Jamarcus Russell was at LSU. He was the first pick taken years ago. But when we talk about him, we talk about, we talk about it in, in a negative light, you know, not something positive. So he needs, somebody needs to sit down with him. Get somebody in your life that's going to tell you what you don't want to hear because those are the people that's going to teach you what you need to know. That's too much talent that he's throwing away right now. But if he gets his act together, he can be a huge addition to this team. But he's on a very, 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 very thin rope. And this is a guy that I want to see. Either he's going to, he's, he's either going to take the step forward or he's going to be out of there. He doesn't have much choice at this point. At this point. No, I don't think he has any strikes left whatsoever. And he might have already actually overstayed his welcome, to be honest. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if John Robinson and company try to move him or if they do allow him to come back. Uh, but I did want to say, as far as now you're talking about first-rounders and how much that means, Tennessee will be selecting with the 22nd overall pick in this year's NFL draft. That is going to be right after the Indianapolis Colts, obviously with the Titans' playoff loss. Uh, they're set. Their, their position is set. So 22 
I would honestly expect to see them go with an edge rusher there. Whenever it comes to a guy I need to see step up next year, and I don't think he necessarily had a bad season this year, but it's just more so with the, I guess, uncertainty around that position moving forward, but it's going to be the boy out of Louisiana State University, Denard, your alma mater, oh, I know where you're going. Christian Fulton. Because, yes. you know, with Malcolm, I still think he's playing at a really good level, but he, he gets picked on a lot. He's getting older. Dory Jackson, you don't really know how much longer he's going to be here. The Titans did pick up his fifth-year option, but when you're looking at how much he was able to contribute this year, it was not much, if any. And whenever he was in there, he seemed to be getting roasted quite a bit. Again, that's not all on him. There, there are other issues there, but I need to see Christian blossom into the type of guy that I could see playing cornerback for the Tennessee Titans for the next several years because I just I'm not exactly 100% confident in that position group for at least the the foreseeable future and what we're going to be able to get out of them. So for a guy that did spend some time on IR and was banged up, but when you did get to see him early, I thought he played well, especially whenever the Titans weren't getting much pass rush to kind of help the secondary out. So the my guy to hopefully make that jump into next season would be Christian Fulton. But the Titans, I mean, they really, I think they need to put a, a lot of focus on that defense this offseason going through the draft and through free agent acquisitions. We'll get into it more later, but as far as guys that are currently on the roster that the Titans are looking to possibly bring back on expiring contracts, there's some guys there that hopefully the Titans are able to reach an agreement with. But Denard, I, I mean, like I, I hate the season's over, but I am excited about the offseason. I kind of love the little chess moves that have to be made here and there and, and just assembling together a roster that can hopefully compete and get us back and like I know it sucks that we got knocked out when we did but I'm trying to at least in 2021 so far with how 2020 went not just talking about from a football perspective but just try to have a more optimistic outlook on life I don't say I'm an optimist or a pessimist I'm just a realist and whenever you've been a realist right now it's not been the best of uh of things to kind of take away so I I I do look forward to this and the Titans I mean it's been a while since we've had a losing record, and there's not a lot of football teams that can say that. So the fact that the Titans are at least showing me stability. And then this year, we did get the AFC South Championship. So I know, Titans fans, I feel you on getting knocked out, but I'm telling you, like, it could be a situation where you don't have your franchise set in place for the next several years because we know, for the most part, this offensive line is stable. We know that you got Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, and with those pieces, you can do a whole lot and be very efficient. Now, who's calling those plays? We'll find out here in the next couple of days, I would I would assume, but it is something that Titans fans, just, just think back, guys. Remember where we were a decade ago, 2010? We didn't have a whole lot to hang our hat on, so that this past five-year stretch has been a lot better than the five-year stretch leading into this this go-around, so I just say... Be thankful that at least it looks like we'll be able to get back. And I'm not feeling confident about the rest of the AFC South, y'all. Like, this is a division that the Titans should be able to probably win for the next couple of years with how things are going. Denard, like I said, man, we got plenty of time this offseason to dive into all of those questions I kind of just threw out there, different scenarios going on. Uh, Right now, I mean, we do have the divisional round of the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. You got two games Saturday, two games Sunday. But... Looking back on this season, 
Is there anything else that you would like to add that it's something to maybe tip the cap to, or it's like, hey, it's a good thing that this is over. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll say whenever it comes to things that are over, it's like, I'm glad Vic Beasley's not on the team anymore. As harsh as that might sound, but I, I, don't, I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm glad uh, he... Yeah, well, you know what? Everything from my my viewpoint is this is, you know, I'm excited because, you know, I kind of take a page out of that Cowboys, you know, team uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s that went on that run for a long time and basically became a dynasty. Uh, when Jimmy Johnson inherited, well, not inherited, but when Jerry Jones had purchased the team in 88, he went out and got a coach that he knew that can take him to the next level than Jimmy Johnson. And then later with Barry Switzer, you know, they build from the ground up, you know, and they had that great offensive line. They call it the Great Wall of Dallas. And for a long time, you know, that was the team, the 49ers and the Cowboys. They, But one of the things I love about this team, and if, and if people look real closely, you can see that this team is evolving. You know, last year they went 9-7, and seven, okay? They went to the AFC Championship game. This year they won the AFC South, okay? So last year 9-7, and seven, this year 11-5. and five. So just imagine each year you can take, you can win, let's say two more games, you know, that's 13 and three, you know what I'm saying? And that gives you a chance basically to take a week off and win the whole division. You know what I'm saying? Win the AFC. So every year, I think as a coach, if I was coaching, I always try to put myself in other people's shoes so I can empathize with, with them when things go wrong. And so when I look at this organization, I'm saying to myself, man, the future is so bright. I mean, this year, my X factor was Corey Davis. Now, for the past, you know, let's say three for the past three years, we really didn't see much production out of Corey. We talked about earlier on in the summer, as I alluded to, with him having a turf toe. I had that kind of injury. It is literally like you're battling the injury rather than going on the field trying to battle another player. It really impedes what you really want to do. But we saw what happened when he got healthy. And then all of a sudden, he just emerged as, you know, I mean, just a monster. And he showed why that he was the fifth pick out of that 2017 draft out of Western Michigan. He showed people that he's the real deal. And let me tell you something. Yeah, Tennessee didn't pick up that fifth-year option. But you know what? The Morrow family in, in New York, you know, the Giants, uh, Daniel Daniel Jones needs a, a new toy. <laughs> Odell Odell and his Ferraris and, and Lamborghini, what of the most expensive cars he got? They're in Cleveland now. You know, Daniel Jones needs a new toy. You don't think the Mara family is saying, uh, "Boy, they sure got a, a nice little, uh, boy, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, one of them uh, CD Teslas or or one of those, uh, you know, Corey Davis." Uh, I, you know, I don't know how to pronounce all these old fancy Italian cars, but, you know, he has put himself in position to uh, get paid handsomely. And let me tell you something right now, to watch how he has really just, he stepped up this year and he stepped up in some big games. I know the last two games he didn't play well, and especially this uh, playoff game. I mean, he was a no-show. Again, you can't win when you rely on one receiver in AJ. That's not going to happen. You don't have a chance to win. And I, I, but again, the thing that I love about this game, and, and I say this all the time, you don't get too many second chances to make a first impression in this game. He has a chance, okay, 
to basically redeem himself. And what I mean by that is people now, a lot of the critics and the naysayers are saying, listen, I don't think he's worth that uh, huge contract, you know, because of what happened in these last few games. But I'm going to tell somebody this is that whoever ends up getting court, because he, he, man, listen, he had a, a, a tough stretch. You know, we know he lost a family member. And that weighs on you, you know, that weighs on you, Davey. It, it's hard. You know, I lost my grandfather in college, and that's not something that's very easy uh, to deal with. So what you got to do, man, is when he puts everything behind him and use, you know, use that adversity as motivation, we might end up seeing a guy that he could become the greatest thing to ever play this game. He's got that type of talent, you know. And so to watch him step up this year was just, it was huge for me. I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of this team because, and I don't want to ramble ramble on, but as you alluded to earlier about how they beat the Bills 42-16, we were talking about that game. And you remember they had like a 17-day layoff. And both of us said, I think the Bills are going to smash them. You remember we thought there's no way that this team they basically started practicing Saturday. They just let them in the building that Saturday before yeah. the game Tuesday. And I thought if anybody could anybody could have laid an egg on that day and then there would have been no excuses like, okay, we'll give them that because of what they had to deal with. Not mm-hmm. to mention that was the first time that an NFL team had got hit like what the mm-hmm. Titans had to go through. But when they came out and Missing they, several they, key contributors yeah, as well. exactly, man. And only had, what, three days to prep for the game against a Buffalo team that was the hottest team in the AFC or hottest team in the NFL at that. And they came out and blowed the bills away. I said, you know what? You are a reflection of how you coach. And Mike Vrabel said it best. There's no excuses. Yeah, we got hit with the COVID situation. Uh, but you know what? Our team is going to go out there. We're not making no excuses. Most teams would have made an excuse. And I think Tennessee set the tone for a lot of other teams down the line, like this Cleveland group that went into Pittsburgh the other day. I don't want to talk about that game and who the round mess uh, get some of them Steeler fans riled up. But again, we saw what happened when they was hit with the COVID situation. They didn't have a chance to practice. They had what a virtual like me and you. That's like me and you trying to practice. Uh, we gonna sit here and talk about it on Zoom, and then all of a sudden we gonna go try to play on Sunday. Both of us gonna pull our hamstrings. <laughs> so. I think a lot of people took took a page out of what Tennessee went through and said, listen, if they can do it, we can do it. So I say kudos to uh, Mike Vrabel and the organization for getting those guys ready. And I just don't have nothing negative to say about this team because, unfortunately, uh, in this game, there's a one column and there's a lost column. And you know what? Somebody's got to take either. You know, it's you're either going to win or lose. But in this case, I think this team, uh, they've been winning. And what I mean by that is, is when you continue to see your organization, when they're evolving and they're getting better each year, that means they're taking a step closer to winning that covenant title that we all play for. And that's a Super Bowl. Yeah. Did, I mean, everything's relative, Denard. And I mean, I, I could think of a few things that obviously are not ideal for the Titans that I would I would do differently going back. But I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I just feel a little bit more... Like I said, everything's relative, and as you know, I cover the, the Tennessee Titans and the Tennessee Volunteers. And really, at this stage in my life, just comparing the two, uh, one is not like the other. And so it's like whenever I can say, "Yeah, my team went eleven and five in the NFL," then then compare that to my college team I'm I'm working on. So it's uh I don't know, you just know a new, new lease on life. God, 
Uh, they can't get him out of here <laughs> soon enough, Denard. I need this investigation to wrap up. Just finish it. Fire him. I don't care how much money you pay him. Just get him out the door. I don't want to see his face again in orange. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, di- I digress. Not, I digress. I'll tell you what. If, he, if Jeremy Pruitt, if he's listening to this show, he's going to get you one day. I promise you, you're going to be in a fighter for your life the way you've been talking about Jeremy Pruitt this year. I would hate to beat you and show up at a Vols game. Denard, I like face. I, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy to have him be their head coach. Like, it's like if well, he's not going to get that opportunity again. He's so bad at his job. But but it, we digress. Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot But the Titans, I, I will say, to finish 11-5, and five, win the AFC South, kind of conquer that feat that has eluded this team and organization for over a decade now. It feels good to finally get that one knocked off. And, and like, I'm ready next year, man. Like, we... It, it can't be a first round and bust. I know last year you kind of got some momentum. You got hot this year. Didn't go according to plan, but that's, I mean, that's what the Titans are doing and they understand the expectations that they are putting upon themselves whenever they do so well. So we know what our, our areas of weakness are. I need to see that get addressed and we'll definitely break down more of this. But Denard, as always, man, appreciate you joining me to do this show for our amazing fans, everyone listening. We're so appreciative that you tune in week in and week out and the feedback that you give us because just know if it weren't for you all, this wouldn't be possible. So, Denard, before we wrap up, any closing thoughts, my friend? Uh, Well, not really. only thing that I would say is um, I always believe this, Davey, and I, and I say this all the time, and I'm, I'm going to be real quick about this. And to anybody out there that's listening to the show, I don't believe in giving up on young people. And what I mean is that you give them a chance to um, – basically prosper or give them an opportunity to try to prosper into this world. And for Isaiah Wilson, I know that you have had some issues off the field and I could easily criticize you. But one of the things I want to tell you, if you ever listen to this show, is place yourself around people that's going to tell you what you don't want to hear. Uh, get you a mentor in your life. Get somebody um, that's going to help you move from point A to B. B to C into D and then back around because that means that you are evolving. You will hear me say the word evolving because one thing I learned about life is that either you are evolving or you stand or you staying stagnant. And to me, stagnant is a sin. Nate Newton says not failure but low aim is a sin. And when you have that kind of talent, uh, Isaiah, you are a monster. You one of the best players to come out of that draft last year. And it's time for you to step up. You have too much God-given ability. And when you have that ability, do not throw that away because that is something that will lead to regret. And regret is something that can hinder you for the rest of your life. It can send you to an early grave. So utilize your blessing. And whatever you do, um, if I'm this organization or if there's some doctor or some psychologist out there that's listening to this show, you know, 
try to reach out and help this young man because I do believe that the way that we can make this world better is to take people that are dealing with some kind of mental mental illness. And what we try to do is reverse that or allow them to get grips on what's going on in their lives. Because when you have that kind, this is a, this is a God given talent. Not everybody has this talent, Isaiah, and you have it, man. So you better use it, you know, because if you throw it away, it's something that would eat at you for the rest of your life. So that's who I'm hoping that will step up this year is Isaiah Wilson, their first round draft pick, because what Dan Quisenberry was, what he was doing this year is what we expected out of Isaiah Wilson. And Dan Quisenberry started on the practice squad, just like so many other guys like Jeremy McMillan and Deontay Foreman and I, uh, Westbrook Ikene and Cam Baston. You know, these guys from the practice squad was the guys that end up, as me and you, we was talking to the guys from Steelers, it's the practice squad guys that are making the plays. So, yeah, yeah, I just want to see him basically take that next step and get yourself better, man. Those are some really wise words, Denard. I appreciate you sharing that with with me and the audience. But that is going to wrap it up for us today. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Belief Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.